should get a triangular table. Or just to sit ourselves so that... What happens then if we ever have a fourth person? You're fucked. Well, then a special guest goes away or something. I don't know. So then you would only have three people. Exactly. I do this as a favor to you guys. Make you guys listenable. Welcome, everyone, <laughs> to Subtle Interference. I'm your host, Bob. I'm your other host, Alex. Joining us today... Special guest. Star in our eye. <laughs> I was going through the posts on uh, the website. and Her name's Erica. It is really funny to see I literally every episode but like three special guests. <laughs> I You're enjoy welcome. that. It makes me smile. <sighs> so what's going on? Well, I think we have to talk for five hours about All In, right? We went to a wrestling show. First in All a while. All three of us. <laughs> Bob, we? did you have a nice time? It was fine. It was a good time. I like the penises. Oh, we'll get there. Those were amusing. I'm sorry. You could call them what they were. Dick druids. And you know what? <laughs> druids. We got fucking druids. I have been asking for druids from the WWE and The Undertaker for at least the last five years, and I have not gotten them. I got dick druids. Wonderful. And all of the comments about how that ruined wrestling forever were equally wonderful. Oh, that was was amazing. Do we want to talk about that first? Idiots? How how do do we want... Well, because I want to do the idiots of all in. Okay, let's start with the idiots of all in. Okay, so first... Well, we'll take you through our experience at the show, first of all. I thought we had pretty good seats. I like the seats. I was surprised at how good our seats were. Because usually anytime I buy seats to anything, I just assume they're going to be I did not like the light blazing my cornea. Yeah, that was bad. For the entire show. They did lift those lights a little bit, though. I think they figured out, oh, we're blinding the people in the 200 level. We we should probably lift those just a smidge. Yeah, there were... There's that one janky light, though. There was something like eight to ten lights on the stage. We were sitting straight on with the stage. And when we first sat down, there were probably five of them at least that were really bright. And I was thinking, oh, fuck, I hope this is not like this during the matches. Like, maybe this will just be an entrances thing. Because it was rough. No, it was all the time. Yeah. Except during the entrances. But then I think they figured out. Because they did lift them eventually. Yeah, when they we first did, they got figured there, it out somewhere during the first match. It was just this blinding solar flare of horrificness. Just like, oh, Lord, this is great. But this is wonderful. One of them was fucked up the whole show. Janky light. And yes. one is better than like five. For sure. But it still wasn't ideal. No. Negative. Um, so we That was it? the only thing that like really, well production wise the show. <laughs> well, I thought the set was nice. Like no, it everything good. was it, very professional, I would yeah, say. Yeah, every everything looked up to the level of expectation. Yes. Now, we had a group of people, was it five or six people? I think it was five. Sitting like we were on the aisle. Uh which normally I like cuz I just like the extra space. We are not small people. I enjoy being on the aisle so there's room to lean out. Um the people sitting to our right got up no less than 35,000 times during this show <laughs> to pee, to get more booze, to eat. They ate literally everything. 
They were getting up in the middle of matches. It was like, are you guys not here to watch the show? Well, the strange thing was I was listening to them talk here and there because how could I miss it? They were so fucking loud. Alex, I thought you were going to throttle the guy sitting next to you. <laughs> and I kept looking at Bob well, and like laughing my ass off. Here's the funny thing. They got up like a million times. So like you said, are you not here to watch the show? Here's the thing. This show sold out in like under 30 minutes. So everyone who got tickets... In theory, was really there. wanted to be there. Right. Well, my my point was, I was listening to them talk, and it sounded like they were staying in a hotel, and it sounded like they were from Virginia or North Carolina or something like that. I can't remember what state they were. Staying. But a trip was made. It sounded like a trip was made. It's not like they were like us and they drove thirty minutes to get here. They either drove a while or they flew in or something, and all of them minimum spent thirty minutes at the concessions throughout the show. And I think that's being generous. I think it was more. I, we were at um, Billy Joel at Wrigley last night too, though. And I'm slowly discovering, because we have, don't go to a ton of stuff anymore. Shows, concerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go to indie wrestling shit, but I kind of expect this behavior there. People don't know how to carry themselves in large groups out in public. Because there were people in front of us last night this woman was so drunk. The drunkest of them all. You could tell she had not been out of the house and like with her friends in at least five years. I also got a theory on this woman. Because she said she's from, she's from Michigan. Mm-hmm. And she looked an awful lot like Laurel from the challenge. Bob texted me during the show and was like, she looks like chubby Laurel. She could be Laurel's less famous sister that no one talks about. That would have been awesome. You should have made <laughs> friends with her then. Oh, she wanted to be friends. She made friends with Bob. She was a woo girl, Alex. She I, kept wooing oh for my everything. God. And the woman behind me at this lull, she's wooing for nothing in front of us. The woman behind me goes completely deadpan. I'm going to kill that woman. And I lost <laughs> my fucking shit. I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing. And she's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, you just made my fucking night. You, you keep your commentary coming, babe. I love it. Um, people do not know how to deal. It, it's like you're in. You're in public. Social contract, motherfuckers. We got to sit here through this seven-hour show together. I'm here to watch the wrestling. Let's like calm it down, maybe, maybe a little bit. Well, we. You we, don't have to get up during every match. We were somewhat unlucky because we got three to five assholes next to us. You know, I'm not going to say every one of them was an asshole. Yeah, they're all assholes. But a few of them were certainly assholes. The one, the guy who got up the second we sat down. That was the one who was sitting right next to Alex. Fuck that guy. Fuck him. That guy can go fuck himself. Yeah, at one point, four of the people go and they get concessions, whatever. They come back. Everyone sits down. All the people sit down. We sit down. And then the guy sitting directly next, directly next to me is like, oh, sorry, I got to go get something. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. And he, every time he got up, he would say sorry. It's like, stop saying sorry. You're not fucking sorry. You're not. You're You've not at all. You've done this a thousand times. Stop saying it. You're just making it worse. Just fucking stop saying it, asshole. And these were clearly not the most intelligent people because attached to the back of the seats were cup holders. And there's, you know, like most stadiums or arenas there's not a ton of walking space in the aisles there was like no walking space in these aisles though 
So every time these people would get up without fail, one of them would trip over one of the cup holders. One guy actually fell into the row in front of us because he tripped <laughs> on a cup holder. I should have let that guy fall. I fucking caught him. But that was right early in the show and we were like, oh, fuck, man. Shit. I know. You okay? If it was later, I would have I looked him. the other way. Yeah, there you go. I should have given him. I should. The guy sitting next to me. I really should have launched him into the third row because I could have easily done it. And it no wouldn't one have taken have ever much. Known. Uh, well, and the bad wrestling opinions coming from him as well, and just the shouting of, "Oh, that's a thing I know." Hey, DX. Hey, suck it. Hey, that's well, and a then move. He drags like his girlfriend to the show, and he's explaining everything on the show to her. Have her fucking watch a few episodes of Being the Elite. You dumb asshole. It's bad. Just straight up bad. He's, like he's giving running commentary in half the show. What okay, the fuck? I'm the not other, here to listen to your he, commentary. Here's the other thing. I didn't watch a fucking minute of being the elite. I didn't know jack shit about anything. The only thing I had some vague knowledge of is Joey Ryan, because he's fabulous, uh, and Kenny Omega, Omega and Kota Ibushi. Because you guys won't fucking shut up about him. So how, da- how, how dare you? I didn't need to know anything about the show to if, if have a good time. The also, next- going to bring up Coda. I, I would like to uh, talk about the photo of him meeting Pharaoh the dog, which is the single cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. First of all, when Bob, when you bring up Kota Ibushi, you better put some respect on his name. <laughs> didn't appreciate right. the stank. <laughs> Felt a little stank. Didn't appreciate it. Second, did you watch the video of Kota Ibushi uh, beating up that woman? No. No, I did not. <laughs> it's some indie wrestling show. Two women are wrestling. Kota Ibushi. The one woman gets out of the ring, goes like upstairs. They're clearly in some tiny like restaurant or something. Goes upstairs. That are that, and, and Kota Ibushi is like standing upstairs watching the match. She grabs him, brings him down, rolls him into the ring, and he goes over and slaps the other woman and leaves the ring. <laughs> it was pretty great. Lovely. <laughs> uh, what else? Are, what, what else about Kota Ibushi? There was a third thing. Damn it! He is the best and most precious, and his body is bonkers. Um, but no, yeah, him. Going up and oh yeah, hey Cody, <gasps> hello Vero. It just makes me happy. Oh, I remember. Did you watch that latest be in the elite? I did. The ending was hilarious. The ending with the dog. So at the end, Bob, did you see this? No. Okay. At the end, Cody Rhodes is hanging out in his room, mm-hmm. and Kenny Omega comes into the room and he starts talking to the camera, and they're both facing the same direction, looking at the camera. The eye lines were a little off though, which yeah, made me, yeah, which I mean, made me think I was like, oh, maybe Kenny's filming this from like his room. But I, I appreciate they paid it off. So go ahead. So Kenny Omega is apologizing seemingly to Cody. Oh, I'm sorry for everything that happened between us. And I'd really like to rebuild our friendship and all this stuff. And then they pull away and he's actually been talking to Pharaoh the dog the whole time. And Cody Rhodes looks up and he goes, Kenny, get your own fucking dog. (laughs) Well, and then then Flip Gordon's in the bathroom. (laughs) Cody's like. Very exasperated. What the fuck are you doing in my bathroom? Please tell me <laughs> there's a good reason you're in my fucking bathroom. <laughs> He's delightful. Um, so, yeah, and then the people behind us, I mean, it's 
it's a smarky wrestling show. Yeah, we right? got the smarks behind us who thought they knew everything about everything. We got the people in front of us who were trying to start every chant in the world. And stood for everything. Literally everything. The guy in front of us, you know, I should have known he was a douche because he was wearing a Red Wings cap. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, I missed the that. The guy directly in front of me. Yeah, Those Red Wings fans, they're just they're awful assholes. people. We they're should have biffed the head pricks. off the yep. head. You know what I mean? They're monsters. <laughs> I, that's, that's the guy who would have got fallen onto. So really, I made Alex, two mistakes. we did. We really fucked up there. I really fucked up. We really we shouldn't try to be decent people. I think that's the that's the the takeaway here. <laughs> no, the guy in front of us got exactly one chance started, and I think it was for Colt. Yeah, if memory serves. Yep. Every other thing just kind of pittered out and died. But there were so many people trying to get so many chants started at this fucking show. It was kind of hilarious. But anyway. Yeah, but the guy, the guy right in front of me was determined to stand for absolutely fucking everything. It wasn't, there was no need to stand for it at all. It was brutal. We, we, you know, we got unlucky with who we got set. I will say though, in spite of all of that, probably one of the best shows, better shows I've ever been to. It's definitely my favorite show I've been to. I know you disagree. You know, I was thinking about this because we, we spoke about it on the way home and I've been kind of ruminating over the week. Uh-oh. Money in the Bank will always have that special place in my heart because it was the first live wrestling thing I had ever been to. Punk winning. Um, you're giving me the eyes. I had never been to a wrestling show before that. My dad would never take me because hmm. he's a monster. <laughs> I don't I don't believe it. Al listens to this podcast. He knows I'm joking. <clears throat> Written out of the will, watch. Uh, love you, Dad. Um, no, I had never been to one before. Uh, Just uh, cover all the bases. Cover all the bases. And that was my first having it be that in Chicago with that atmosphere. Because that was not... the Daniel Bryan winning the Money in the Bank was awesome. The Raw Money in the Bank, I remember being pretty awesome as well. And then... The um, both Money in the Banks were good. I can't remember what else was on this show, but it was a very good show Punk overall. winning was amazing, just because the, the vibe yeah, in the air the, was the, amazing. The punk winning thing was bigger than anything on All In, but unlike this, the things on All In, I have faith they're going to continue to deliver on. Oh, no, and this is what I'm, what I'm getting to. That little snapshot of a moment in time will always hold a very special place in my heart, and... That's why I always think of it as the best show that I've ever been to. All In was objectively a better show than Money in the Bank 2011. But in terms of the emotions involved, Money in the Bank uh, 2011 will always be a little better for me. Yeah, that that one that one moment was a bigger moment than anything than All In with Punk beating Cena and then walking out through the crowd with the title and everything. Because at that time, that was still when, like, no one was beating Cena. Right. Well, and we it all wasn't, had... like, completely clean because there was a distraction Because we could never be completely clean. But it was as clean as you were going to get a win on Cena. At that time, exactly. Yeah. And, and there wasn't... I mean, there was concern because I think it, it wasn't to the point where we're at now. Because that's seven fucking years ago at this point, which is terrifying to think about. But... um. Now you see WWE, you know, maybe make a good story decision. You're Everything just like, gets fucked up. No, this isn't going to go anywhere. This is garbage. I'm not going to bother. Then it was more like, oh, oh, okay. Well, back then, 
half the stuff was getting fucked up. Now everything gets fucked, so you have no faith anything will deliver. Right. But, but they did fuck that punk storyline up within like three weeks. Yes, they did. That was completely buried within like two to fucked three weeks. Fucked it right up. To the point where it was somehow culminating in a Triple H, Kevin Nash match. <laughs> Oh, and uh, since we're talking about WWE real quick, shout out to the uh, grown adult man in the Roman Reigns gauntlets and the WWE title belt on it all in. You do you, baby. Um, Yeah, that guy was a geek. He's about as much of a geek as Roman Reigns is. I would love for someone to explain to me, and we, Bob and I, make a lot of dumb purchases. I am staring right now at a blow-up D20 that is sitting on top of our liquor cabinet. This is a thing my husband spent money on. I do not understand why people buy these title belts. Well, and I love it because they walk around with them as if they won the belt. <laughs> well, and then to so you're hu- it out their chest. You're hucking around. I don't know how much those things weigh. I, I can't imagine they're light. The real ones are like 15 pounds. You're carrying this fucking thing around like all night? No, thank you. I didn't even bring a purse to this shit. I threw like my wallet and not even my wallet. I threw my ID and like a, a card in my pocket. Well, that, that's the thing. To bring that to the show and to lug it around the whole fucking show just sounds like a nightmare. I don't know why you would want to do that. To show people that, oh, I've spent money on this. <laughs> it's the only reason. This is what I've lived I'm for. I'm a moron for all the world well, to That's see. all you're really showing people is I'm a moron. That's oh. all I took away from Roman you. Reigns guy, though. I was like, what What are you doing here? Dude, what, what sad life do you live to be a Roman Reigns fan? I mean, and I will not begrudge anybody, watch what you want to watch. I just recently managed to wrest myself away from the abusive relationship. I need to cancel the network. The abusive relationship with the WWE. But I I just, there's so much out there to watch. And I understand, we were talking about this before we started uh, recording. People watch WWE to see people. Like Alexa Bliss. They're tuning in. Oh, I like her. I don't care about her matches. I don't care about what she does. I like her as a person. Quote, unquote. Because Alexa Bliss is not a person. Alexa Bliss is a character. They see that, and for them, that's worth the price of admission or whatever the fuck they paid. I don't know if you would agree with that, but... Well, you know what's funny is it is a lot of people going to WWE shows to see the people and to see the entrances, and then they don't care about the matches because most of the matches are really bad. You don't care about the story but either because there is no fucking story. What's funny is when I don't know that there's anyone right now except for maybe Cena, and they've de-emphasized Cena so much. But when Cena comes out, it still feels like he's a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Undertaker to some degree when he comes out, he still feels like he's a star because you only see him like once a year generally or twice a year maybe Alex, now. Alex, though, I don't know why people still care about the Undertaker. Well, I, I don't care, but my point is he still feels like a star. No, no, I, I understand that. That's a, on, kind of a different conversation that we can on, have. On but. All In, at least three quarters of the people who came out felt like real stars. Like, it felt like a big deal. Look at Cody. When Cody came out, I haven't heard a sustained pop or reaction like that for anybody, and I can't even remember how long. The place was, and that's, 
That's one of the unfortunate things is watching it back on. I didn't watch the whole thing, but just going to like parts on TV. They didn't do a particularly good job of miking the place. And that place was going bananas. I mean, when Cody came out, that was a superstar crazy reaction. It was, it, it felt as loud as anything that I had ever heard. Yeah. And we were there for some big moments in, you know. We were there when Daniel Bryan won the title at 30. We were Money in the Bank 2011. The places were loud then. This, There wasn't a person in their seat, and everybody was making as much noise as they possibly could. Yeah, I mean, that that felt like a really big deal when Cody came out, and there were, there were a lot of those, you know. I think when Okada came out, he got a bigger initial pop, <laughs> and his sustained pop would have been bigger, I think, but they started playing the shitty music and I could feel it. Like you felt it right. The moment people realized it was going to switch over. Cause you got excited too. Yeah. When, when it switched over to the shitty Okada music, the whole place was like, damn, he did wear the coat for you though, Alex. I know he had the The coat on at least. Okada is unmatched in the coat, coat game. Coat is outstanding. His coat game is unbelievable. And we'll get there. I mean, we'll talk about it more, but I'm going to tell you right now, that was my favorite match of the night, but Anyway, well, we, we can kind of go. Sure, we'll we'll start at the beginning. So it's the WGN Zero Hour, the pre-show, I guess. Started with uh, SCU, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazarian against the Briscoe Brothers. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good match. Solid match. It's tag team wrestling, and tag team wrestling is the greatest. SCU is so over because of all the stuff they've been doing on Being the Elite, and then they did the Rocky training montage on the channel. Did you watch that? <laughs> I saw that. With uh, Christopher Daniels like dying at the top of the, yeah, at the top of the stairs. I appreciated that. Um, uh, but it was a good match. Bob even likes tag team wrestling. Yeah, I think Bob was at some point enjoying wrestling in general, but WWE beat him down into complete hatred, and now we're having a hard time bringing him back out of it. What we need is to have Chikara do the tag world grand or the yeah the tag world grand prix again in Chicago. I know that was a lot of wrestling for you over the course of a day, but that was a great tournament. Well, I I like tag wrestling. It you know it's that was generally also where we met the uh, Estonian Thunderfrog for the yes. first time. Uh, it's more high energy because people can tag in and out. You don't have the rest holds you do in one on one matches. So a little it, more stakes. A little more stakes, and it's generally more fun. People fucking with each other, shit like that. So. I don't know. I, I like tag wrestling a lot more than one-on-one. New Japan started up a couple of days ago. Did you see what the main event was? Will Ospreay and Ishii versus the Golden Lovers. We'll have to go find that on... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Completely I'm, legal means. I am going to go and I'm going to uh, get a uh, New Japan account. Oh, you know what, Alex? That's what I'm enjoying. I'm going to throw my money at what I'm enjoying. Apparently, they have like 100,000 subscribers, which nice. seems like a lot for New Japan. Um, well, I think they made. They also made more. I saw they made more money last year than they ever have in their company's history. So good. everyone's on the up. Sweet. Well, that's, a, that's kind of the fun thing about the Internet is it's a great equalizer. You know, you don't need a TV contract. TV contract still helps a lot. Right. But you don't need it to to start getting popular and to get a fan base. 
Oh, it's true. And you can find... That's the great thing about it. You can find good wrestling. Even if you live in the middle of fucking nowhere. One, there is probably an indie fed within an hour of you. You should just, you know, look and see what you can find. Two, you can find good wrestling on the internet. And I think it's just a matter of, of just going out and looking for it. WWE isn't the only game in town. It's just the easiest. Well, and everybody knows that. And most that. accessible. Right. The next match was the traditional battle royal. One of the better battle royals I've ever seen. I really gen- liked it. Generally, battle royals are fucking terrible. I mean, I enjoy battle royals. I enjoy uh, royal rumbles. Uh, royals rumble, if you will. Um, no, this was solid. This was great. Everybody got a moment to like do their thing and shine. And I never was, like, looking at my watch being like, are we almost done with this? Like, what the fuck? I f- you know, I forget what the name of the little guy was in the match who was doing all that crazy shit. Is it shit. Marco Stunt? Marco Stunt. I think that's right. I think He's that's very right. very tiny. Apparently, uh, him and Alvarez have been te- teasing a match. Oh, really? And I saw Brian Alvarez on Twitter said, you know, for all you people asking for a match between me and Marco Stunt... Please keep in mind the added cost of having an ambulance at the venue. <laughs> um, no, but it was great. Uh, uh, he had the payoff you were expecting with Flip Gordon being, um, what was it? El Luchador or whatever. El Chico. Chico. Chico El Luchador. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> do you know who Chico El Luchador is? I do not. It's Rocky Romero. Oh, really? Yeah. That's outstanding. I figured it was somebody. I just never knew who it was. Oh, Chico. <laughs> he doesn't do any jobs, though. No. No jobs for no Chico jobs. El Luchador? Of course not. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think, you know, Flip takes off the mask. It was all like, the whole show was a bunch of things playing out exactly as you expected, but it was all designed just to make you happy and pay off storylines with logical endings. Here is the thing, though, Alex. There is nothing wrong with doing the expected ending. Because there are no new stories. Everything, we've all seen everything. You know, movies, wrestling, books. It's the characters that are attached to this framework that makes it interesting, that makes you want to watch it, makes you want to cheer. Daniel Bryan winning at WrestleMania was 1,000% the way that should have ended, and it did end that way, Mm -hmm. and everyone was happy. And then he got into a feud with Kane. Well, I mean... This is the, the, way of, the way of the world. Well, we don't need to talk about that. The world, Erica. Yeah, the world. The world, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's nothing wrong with doing the expected thing, because most of the time the expected thing is the thing that you should do. Well, I like the way they laid it out where I forget the... Who was the woman wrestler's last name? Jordan... It's Jordan Grace. I Jordan Grace, that's right. So they teased her maybe winning, and she had some cool spots with uh, Brian Cage. Brian Cage, who, who's on all the steroids. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh, I will say, you know, who knows? Allegedly, maybe he's not. Right. We, no one knows. But that but he is like, if that dude is not on anything illegal, he needs to be studied. He's got unbelievable, ungodly genetics. But you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'll just say that I don't know. Uh, but they teased Jordan. You say Grace? Grace, yeah. They teased. They teased her. Well, the last four were who? It was Bully Ray, who I really Colt Cabana, never Bully need to Ray, see again. Jordan Grace, and then 
Chico a luchador. On and we are on record as being massive Colt Cabana fans. And then they teased Colt winning. Bob especially. Save Colt's finger. They teased Colt winning. Bully Ray tossed him as well. So Bully Ray had just eliminated the two, like, big baby faces. And then Chico El Luchador slides in the back door. Well, he got put through a table right at the beginning right. of the match. At the beginning. Right. So he's checking by Bully, by Bully out Ray. there. So you're right. Which paid off a long-term storyline as well on ROH of Bully Ray constantly bullying Flip Gordon. Look at that. It's crazy. The, the tying shit together, Alex. It's crazy. Uh, and, you know, he pulls off the mask. It's Flip Gordon. He tosses him. The place goes crazy. Yeah. Crowd went ballistic. Uh, From the being sh- the elite when that happens and they have the real close-up of Cody's face. And he just he gets, he gets that look and it's perfect. He's just <laughs> furious with the young bucks. It's wonderful. You motherfuckers. <laughs> Uh, and then the show opened with, is it MGF? MG, this is the actual real show. MJK? MJF. 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 Uh, was beaten by Matt Cross. This was weird because there had been no promotion of this match leading up to it. And so I don't think anybody really cared. Like I said when we were leaving, Matt Cross is always a joy to watch. I enjoy the hell out of him. Uh, wherever he is, I think he's also been on... Uh, been on Lucha, uh, Lucha Underground, been on a bunch of stuff. I enjoy watching Matt Cross wrestle. He's a good time. But, yeah, it's just like... Oh, and especially with the time constraints they were running into later. Yeah, they could have left this off It the seemed show. odd that this was on the show. Could have easily not left it off upset the show. it was on the show, but just odd it was on the show. Yeah, well, if everything was timed out that tight, I think one thing that they could learn in the future is if you time everything out and you have five hours... And you think you're going to be at like four hours, 55 minutes, maybe cut one thing. Right. You got to give yourself room to breathe. Yeah. So that was like one of those things, just learning the lesson of your first time running a wrestling show, I think. Well, and you didn't run into a uh, Halloween Havoc 98 situation, so. At least they got at least the show actually ended before it went off the air. Can we do a special rewatch of Halloween Havoc 98, Alex? (laughs) Do we have to? Do I have to be subjected to WCW? (laughs) WCW. I guess we don't have to. We ordered that pay-per-view. We could. Dad was like all jacked about watching. uh, Well, we used to watch it a lot back in the day, and we'd order some of the pay-per-views. But we we were pretty excited about Hogan v. Warrior 2. And oh my, were we We, disappointed. We have to have your dad sit down and watch some New Japan and get his opinion. Dad's got some great old stories about, like, he went to the Rosemont Horizon once. They watched some, because re- they used to go, watch some shows. They went to a bar. Who's there? Like, Greg Valentine and Bret Hart, and they were all just getting drinks together. It's like, these are slow. This needs to be documented. Yeah, we have to get him. Who Who's his friend that always comes? I'm drawing a complete blank. Nick? Nick. Nick, Nick yeah, on? thank you. We got to get them to watch some New Japan, just to get the reaction. Have them watch the first Okada-Kenny Omega match. <laughs> Just to see what they say. Goto Ishii. Mm. Two big dudes beating the fuck out of each oh, yeah, other. That's right where you want to be. I think we should get the uncles together to watch a, a pay-per-view and do a podcast after that. Oh, God. That'd no. be great. Love no. it. Love that it. sounds terrible. I want to watch wrestling with Uncle Sammy, Alex. That's, that's <laughs> what I want to do with my life. Um, uh, well, next was Christopher Daniels and... 
Stephen Amell, the arrow. This was legitimately much better than it had any business. <laughs> that fucker went through a, like a table from the top rope. Yeah, that was nuts. Good on you. I wonder if that's one of those where he doesn't tell the studio what he's actually going to do. No, no, <laughs> no. there's no way. No. His agent was in the back, like, "What are you? What? Why? 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 He's just teasing this, right? He's just teasing this. Oh fuck! <laughs> you fucking crazy moron! You ruined this for both of us. <laughs> you trying to get fired? <laughs> Yeah, but no, it was it was way better than I thought I would be. I mean, it was still like just okay overall, but it's Christopher Daniels. How could you possibly have a bad match with Christopher Daniels? I was just going to say the same thing. He seems like one of those dudes where you could like you could throw him the uh inflatable D20 and he'd have a good match with him. And his Christopher Daniels promos leading up to this match were awesome. The one on the back of the bus, the, <laughs> the one Captain in the America gym. shirt on. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. He's wearing the Captain America shirt and Stephen Amell's just, like Just the this insult to injury. I appreciated that. Um, yeah, but I mean, Stephen Amell, for a guy who's only wrestled three matches ever, looked like fairly competent. Yeah. Like, obviously, he didn't have the smoothness of a real pro wrestler. No, there was a lot of kind of stutter steps and like making sure like, but you know what? He's not a wrestler. So, I, I okay, fine. I expect that from a match like that. It didn't. It didn't bother me the way it would if I was watching two wrestlers. Because, like you said, the man has wrestled what twice, three times ever. Yeah, three times ever, and it's the other two times he was in tags. Right. So, hey, good on you, man. Yeah, the guy's in great shape. I mean, every. I think if you're on Arrow, it's like a requirement that you have an eight pack. Oh yeah, you got to be like cut from marble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to get on Arrow as a recurring character unless you have a minimum six-pack. Well, I appreciate him and Cody are buddies, too. I'm tickled by that. It amuses me. Uh, the next match was the women's match. Tessa Blanchard defeated Madison Rain, Chelsea Green, and Britt Baker. Britt Baker coming out to Adam Cole's ROH theme music. <laughs> I appreciated the shade because is she she dating Adam Cole? Yes. And uh, I think Nick Aldis is dating. Who's he with? He's married to Mickey James. They both threw a lot of shade on Twitter, like it's fucking <laughs> bullshit that my partner couldn't be here, but this is the world we live in. Well, I mean, that's just reality. That sucks, though. Like, who cares? I was surprised. Obviously, Mickey James is going to mention it. And, you know, the people who are in, like, in relationships or married, I think they're allowed to mention All In without getting in trouble. I was a little surprised Nikki Bella mentioned All In and gave it props and everything. Did she was, really? Yeah. I was kind of like, hmm. She's got that Cena. Maybe she's, no, she's not with Cena anymore. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I think that. it's actually a real breakup now. Oh, shit. So maybe the whole thing wasn't a storyline. That's shocking. Because it sure felt like a storyline when it first started. Yeah. But I'm so used to pro wrestling shenanigans. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I thought the women's match was good, though. Better than I expected. Uh, the only thing was the ending was a little wacky. Looked like they were supposed to break up that last part. I don't think they were. Or maybe they got a little bit too close and made it look They like made they it were. look closer than I think it was supposed to be. Yeah. And then after the match, I didn't like doing the whole everyone hug, we're all friends, and we're so great thing, because it felt too reminiscent of the WWE the women, women thing. Yeah, yeah. And look, like, 
you know, like those women are good. They're not Bailey, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and Becky. Right, you know? right. So to do, and I don't like it when it feels like you're doing the WWE light thing. Well, be your own thing. Right, we don't need that. Like, you just had a really good match. Just. Why are you all friends okay, all of a sudden? Right. That's so weird. But, yeah. But fun I, match. I enjoyed it. I like that Britt Baker is Dr. Britt Baker. Well, that's outstanding. It's her full title. <laughs> was it DMA or something? DMD. DMD. Yeah. We arrange your teeth for you. <laughs> uh, what was next on the show? Was it the... It was, this was the Cody Rhodes The match. NWA title match, right? Yeah. Cody comes out. Ridiculous pop. Uh, what? You see... He, he when he leaned down and sh- they showed Pharaoh and the place went crazy a second time. That's when he brought Pharaoh out and he wasn't supposed to. Oh, was he not supposed to bring the dog out? He was supposed to let the dog go before he came out, but he brought him out because he got a huge reaction. Because everybody loves Pharaoh. And he said, "Uh, Brandy was staring daggers through him. Well, was she was she mad. Really? Well, I'm sure the dog was like terrified, but <laughs> yeah, it's like what the hell? Hey, just give him the DDP. DDP will take him in the back for you." So he had an entourage. He had uh, Diamond Dallas Page, who is one of my all-time favorites. Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Dreamer was Glacier. there. Fucking Glacier was out there. Uh, who else? Was there one other person? Maybe. I can't remember. I can't one. remember either. Um, now, just a moment of appreciation for Diamond Dallas Page. I fucking love Diamond Dallas Page. Like, he was one of the reasons I kept watching WCW. <laughs> The diamond cutter still looks great. Oh, yeah. Outstanding. Well, and how old is he? Because he was old when he was in WCW. Yeah. He was like 40 when his big run started. Yeah. As the people's champion. Yeah. Nick Aldis came out with uh, Jeff Jarrett and Sean Devari. Downgrade. <laughs> slight. Just slight slight downgrade. downgrade. But... Um. No, I thought they they did a really good job of giving the match... The presentation. The presentation and the heft that it needed. Because real talk, I do not care about the NWA championship. No one does, but maybe if something like this, you could make people care again. No, exactly. And I think the just the story behind it, you know, being that this was this was Dusty's belt. Like Cody wants to be holding his dad's belt. Yeah. That's enough. That's all you need. And when he came out, I don't know, uh, this is weird, because I don't fucking know Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is, you know, just some famous person. I just felt really proud of him and all that he has accomplished. Well, he's held down for so long in WWE and never really given a real chance. Just being like, you know, it's got to be a hard decision to be like, yeah, you know what, fuck this. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Well, especially when no one else had really done that before. Right. And he went and struck out on his own. Now, does he have the advantage of the Rhodes name? Yeah. Sure. But he still made something of it. And right. he I got mean, you in can... with the right people. He made the right friends. Exactly. You can go out and, I mean, you could be anybody's, like, you can, but if you're, you know, your matches are shitty and, I mean, I don't. Cody's matches are fine, but his personality is outstanding. I think it's the character work that really brings you back to Cody Rhodes. And, like, you know, the matches are, you know... This match had the unfortunate thing... They had that big kind of pause in the middle where he, like, hit himself on the outside or something. Remember? Yeah, I don't... The match was, like, starting off okay and the place was red hot. And then they took that weird extended break... 
where I don't know if Cody got like jostled or something on the outside. He got a little like loopy off that dive where uh, Nick Aldis hit him with a forearm mid dive. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like there was a something happened, but the match like scroll s- slowed to a crawl off that. No, then DDP came out and hit Davari with the diamond. We did cutter get the diamond cutter, which. But I didn't feel right. like the match ever really recovered from that. Not really. There was, not until he won. There was still a huge pop when he won the title, though, because yeah. people were happy for him. Oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, just all the kind of emotion behind it. and It, it, it was a nice moment. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can, you know, keep building on that. Because, again, I mean, more uh, more federations out there, the better, you know? Bob, tell us about the Hangman Page-Joey Janela match. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you jack shit about the actual match, but I remember an awful lot about what happened after the match. Okay, so Hangman Page... Well, first of all, let me say, I guess we'll talk about the after in a moment. I thought this was a really good match, especially for like a hardcore beat the shit out of each other match. Yeah, they were trying to like legitimately jo- kill Joey each other. Joey Janela took some crazy bumps. The power bomb off the stage onto oh two tables God, that they yes. missed completely. I'm we're, we're, I'm sitting there because one, this was really weird about the setup was instead of a ramp, they just had the stage come out and then a staircase down. Just real quick, I'm shocked no one ate it on those stairs. Right. I was calling it the whole show. I'm like, someone is going to eat it on those stairs, and it's going to be amazing. No one ate it on the stairs. I was very impressed. Um, and I don't know. Maybe ramps are just a lot more expensive than a stage and a staircase. But I think looking at it, it may have been just a distance thing. I don't know. You know, Could maybe... Be. And the stairs were fine. I mean, it allowed for a lot more jumpies and flippies off of the... Yeah, it just was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, that spot with the tables, though, holy shit. They missed shit. by so much. Well, and I liked how they put two tables out because they're like, oh, we could go too far. <laughs> it's like, Right, <laughs> yeah. No, you guys didn't no. even get... No, no, not at all. But uh, when a, at the end of the match where uh, Hangman is beating the shit out of Joey with <laughs> a phone... phone. The phony used to murder Joey Ryan. Janela's body is just covered in, like, just pain. And you could see, like, the marks from the tables and just... There was that other uh, spot where they... Oh, God, what was it? There was the Cracker Barrel Barrel. There was the ladder. And it was just, like... Oh, the burning hammer onto the ladder? Yes, That yes. was nuts. It's like, yeah, oh, my God, what are you doing? No, no burning hammers on the ladders, like, please. Please stop. Uh, I thought, you know, I had never seen Penelope Ford before. I don't know how she is when she's wrestling full matches, but she looked like a professional in her spots. She was delightful. You know, she looked very smooth, very clean, hit a great stunner, Mm -hmm. hit a great dive, puts Hangman on the table and Joey Janela elbows him through the table. It was all it was all cool. You saw we you couldn't see it on TV, but you could see her reaction when Joey Janela missed that table completely. She walks away and she's just pacing and like, she's oh, like, fuck. fuck. <laughs> no, she's doing what a good valet should do. She's in character the entire time she's out there, not just when the camera is on her. Though that was probably a very genuine reaction. Like, oh, oh yeah, fuck, I think we just killed like, Joey Janela. I Janella. hope my boyfriend isn't dead. That that reminds me of one of my favorite moments I've ever seen. I think it was probably on a Botchamania where 
Randy thinks he's off camera and he looks up to the guys and he's like, did that look good? Like, yeah. No, he's like, are we off TV? We off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he just jumps up and he's like, fuck this. Because <laughs> Randy Orton doesn't care about anything. <laughs> but give no shits, Randy Orton is the best Randy Orton. Hey, he's making money. What the fuck does he care? <laughs> uh, and then they did that crazy at the end where he does the reverse tombstone through the table, which watching it. On TV, it was actually super safe looking, oh, yeah? which was amazing. Uh, but it looked so nasty. Well, everything, like yeah, you were there's a couple moments where I was like, these they're legitimately going to kill each other. So afterwards, Bob, the place goes dark, and what happens? Dink druids. No, before that, what happens, Bob? <laughs> before before the dick druids. Oh, they cut to the video of Joey Ryan dead in the hotel. (laughs) And his, uh, you know, something in his pants is inflating. Mm -hmm. What could that be? Maybe he's not a penis pretender. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I I don't know the the story behind it or what the suit is or anything. But the fact that there's a guy out there who's going whole hog on his, his gimmick is yeah <laughs> <laughs> like is just perfect joey ryan is a delight and we do not deserve him wait what's his mo the the dick spin or whatever the dick plex the dick plex no, it's the u-porn plex right because he is sponsored by u-porn which is also ingenious <laughs> like the u-porn people saw what he was doing like we like of his jib let's throw some money at him make him wear our t-shirt yeah i think there's been videos of him trying to train porn stars to wrestle which i'm sure went quite poorly alex we need to find these and we need to watch them (laughs) i'm sure it went terrible oh there's no way it didn't uh no but bob please explain the whole thing that happened because it's pretty amazing so uh so I can't remember the exact order of events, but you know, the, he, he had these, it was like half a dozen or maybe it was 10. It was 10, uh, guys in penis costumes, Dick Druids, Dick Druids, very pale white, a phalanx of penises. And they came out and they lined up and all very purpley, very, very moody uh, atmosphere and music, which was amazing. And they line up, and then Joey Ryan comes out. And his theme hits, and it's all 70s about it. Yeah. By the way, ridiculous. on commentary, uh, they were killing it. And someone said, like... I heard the commentary was, the entire night was excellent, except I, for the women's match, because they had, uh, what was it, Emma and the other uh, woman come out, and uh, they just yeah. were not very good. Mm. Uh I think Don Callis said it's a general, it's a genuine resurrection. Stop it. It's outstanding. (laughs) No, I heard uh, Excalibur on commentary was amazing. Like the whole thing was just great. So the Dick Druids come out, they resurrect Joey Ryan from the, from the grave, from the dead. He comes out and goes into the ring, Bob. And what happens then? I don't know. I just remember Dick Druids. Joey hits him with the U-Porn Plex. Well, he, yeah, he lathers up. 
He stuffs the uh, sucker in his pants. Which is... Disgusting. Wonderful. Well, he stuffed it in his pants, then he stuck the, it then in Hangman's mouth. Then he uh, stuffed it in Hangman's mouth, and he super kicks him, and then the... Which is just horrible. <laughs> That's not a spot you want to be taking. No. You uh, pornplex, and then the dick druids carry him to the back. Two chants of rest in penis. Yes. Just, just beautiful. Chef kiss. It's wonderful. The crowd you know, was all over this. When the druids first came out, the police is chanting, holy dick. Um, for me, this ruined professional wrestling. Oh, I'm sorry, Bob. I'm and, sorry that you hate fun. It's uh, a shame. If there was one thing to complain about on the show, this would probably be it because it was so ridiculous. But it was also the logical payoff to a stupid Also, though, line. Alex, it's professional wrestling. It's supposed to be ridiculous. I had no issue with this at all. Because like you were saying, this was what the story was. It was ridiculous, but it was earned. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I don't know where else you could pull this off and have it make sense, but this was the night where it all made sense. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, we like watching Chikara, and they're a hundred percent ridiculous all Correct. the time. So Chikara I, has done storylines with time travel. Yeah, they have had the like Archibald Peck has appeared in the ring and also up in a balcony at the same time because of time travel shenanigans. I love that shit. But if that's the universe we're living in and these are the rules we've all bought into, okay, fine. Anything's, anything's yeah, on the as table. Long as, yeah. as long as it makes sense. Right. Right. I mean, I get it. If you if that's not really your thing, fine. But That shouldn't have ruined professional no, wrestling No, and, and that's, it was one match out of how, however many. Well, and the match was good, though. That's the thing. It right. was a good hardcore match. Yeah, so like if you don't like that one gimmick, okay, cool. Then don't just shut up. No one cares. Just shut up or, you know, go to the bathroom when it starts. The when, other but. thing was though, it it was earned. It's not like they just cuz the whole thing has been about dicks. It's not as if, you know, during the fucking uh 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 Omega Pentagon match, they had the dick drew. It's no, it was right. during this it made sense. I liked the Cracker Barrel Barrel product yeah. placement during this <laughs> that match. That well, on being the genius. elite, they were like, are we going to have Paige carry a 300-pound <laughs> like, no, it's going to be It's going to be down there. <laughs> Next up was the Jay Lethal versus, uh, oh, my Flip, God, Flip, Flip Gordon, Gordon match. Flip Gordon came out with Brandy Rhodes in her uh, army outfit and uh, – she is, it would take a moment just to appreciate Brandy Rhodes, stunningly beautiful. Yeah, the outfit she came out with during the Cody match was like, are you trying to distract everyone for some reason? She's stupidly gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and so before the match, they cut to a video. And Jay Lethal's walking through the back, and someone hands him the Macho Man shades and then slaps him on the shoulder. And I think you're supposed to assume it was uh, L- Lanny Poffo. Lanny. So Lanny Poffo comes out with him. I love the announcement of the brother, the brother from another from mother. Another mother. <laughs> no, the fact that they, they came out to pomp and circumstance just warmed my black heart. <laughs> Made me smile. Well... Black Machismo Jay Lethal is probably the most popular he's ever been. 
Uh, you know, the match was okay. I didn't think it was anything special. Uh, it didn't do much for me, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, was fine. fine. Yeah, it was fine. And then uh, didn't Bully Ray come down at the end to beat up Flip? Yeah, then Colt, and then Colt Flip, came out. and Jay uh, beat him up. And then they did the table. shield bomb through the table. Which got a boo, because I don't think people wanted to see them do something derivative like that. No. Uh, like I said, though, always a joy to see Colt Cabana. So. Yeah, they made sure to put him over on the show, I think, to, you know, Chicago oh, he is, and everything. He is, he is uh, one of Chicago's favorite sons. We're always tickled when we see him on the banners uh, for uh, pro wrestling tees when you're driving down the highway. Mm -hmm. Local guy. Love that shit. Local guy. He's done well for himself. Pretty affable. We've met him at a couple uh, shows. He was Mm -hmm. tickled by the fact you bought a Save Colt's Finger t-shirt. It's so ridiculous. People will buy anything. You had a Cabanarama bandana for the uh, wedding. You have I some did. Very drunken photos of you in that. Yep. Good times. Good times. Had yeah, I think I've seen him more times outside of wrestling than I've actually seen him ever wrestle. <laughs> He's a good dude. We enjoy mm-hmm. Colt. Next up was Penta L Zero against the IWGP Heavyweight Champion Kenny Omega. I thought this was an awesome match. This was a really good match. I mean, they were kicking out of stuff that was just like, <laughs> this is insane that you're kicking out of this. Well, to go b- okay, to go back to that, the first time I thought that during the show was when I think it was Tessa Blanchard kicked out of the Canadian Destroyer. I don't think anyone... That move is too awesome to be getting randomly kicked out of without some sort of help or something. Yeah. So I didn't... I That was one thing about that match I didn't like. This match, I thought it was awesome. It really did, like, come off huge when Penta did the broken arm spot into a package pile driver and Kenny kicked out. And that was truly the I'm the champion kick out powers yeah, yeah. right there. Well, I'm I think not allowed to lose Also on this show. a problem you see just kind of in general now is if you're getting hit with several finishers and you're you're still kicking out. That's just... But that was especially ridiculous. It was awesome, though. It was awesome when he kicked out because it's like, oh, my God. Well, the great thing about it is you're not seeing this match anywhere else. No, especially if Pentagon is going to WWE to have his career ruined. Are you serious? Yes. Alex, no, really? Yeah. Oh, come on. Another one gone. God fucking damn it. Really? I think so. Fuck. It's been being teased. That sucks. Real. Come on, man. I mean, make your money. I get it, but no, that really <laughs> sucks. I'm sad now because he's he's so enjoyable, you know, over as fuck. The zero Miedo thing. Love it. No fear. Fuck you. Love it. Oh, he's ruined. He's going to be ruined. <laughs> of Bob. course he's going to be ruined. Fuck. He can't speak English. He's screwed. Pissed off Ninja Skeleton Man is going to be ruined. Damn it. The uh, semi-main event, which apparently went way over Okada against Marty Skrull. My match of the night. I loved this well, shit. It was really good, but apparently they were being yelled at a lot to go home and weren't listening, which is why the main event got cut so short. Well, I mean, it's Okada. Okada's like, nah, I'm going to keep going. 
I mean, you guys can cut down on your shit. We're gonna keep going. Apparently, when they finally went to the finish, Cody Rhodes was about thirty seconds away from just call, just saying, "Ring the bell, and we'll call it a draw." Like he was furious. <laughs> uh, apparently, I don't know, but yeah, that's the one thing I felt. Ba- I mean, it was a really good match, and I thought I liked all the stuff with you know making people believe that. Uh, Marty Skrull was actually going to beat him with the Rainmaker and the chicken wing and everything. Mm-hmm. All the teasing of Okada doing the 205 thing. There that, was a lot of good stuff. That moment is the best, though. When he's got him, the arms behind, he does the 205, and Marty grabs his finger and just pulls it back. <laughs> yeah, he breaks the finger. Yeah, it, it was a really good match. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's Okada. It's you, unfortunate it right. took away so much time from the main event, because I did kind of feel bad that the Young Bucks you know, set this whole show up and everything. And they get, like, less time than anybody. Just kind of an afterthought of a... I mean, it was great still. It was still a great, like, 12 minutes. Yeah, you'd love to see more because, fuck, give me Rey Mysterio v. Kota Ibushi, Yeah, if they had another, like, 10, 12 minutes, could you imagine how great that match would have been? Well, because they didn't do the ramp up, right? They were just like, just go to the flippy shit. Just let's just just go. Full fucking throttle, like, right from word go. What was funny was I didn't notice this when we were there live, but I was watching the video back. And you know the end where they do the more bang for your buck with Kota Ibushi? Mm -hmm. They do that. That's clearly supposed to be the finish because Ray Phoenix comes in and breaks up the pin and they just look at him. And he just, you see him like he comes in and breaks up the pin. No one touches him. He just slides back out of the ring. They hit the Meltzer driver and pin Bandito. (laughs) I don't remember that at all. I didn't see it when it was happening live, but watching it on TV, it's so obvious that it was like, bro, we're trying to get off the fucking air here. Motherfucker. Um, But uh, yeah, no, I give me a singles match between Mysterio and Ibushi. Like, now, please. Well, I just love that they both tagged in and the place just goes bonkers Insane. for them just standing there. Um, I want to look up some more uh, Bandito matches. Yeah, he's really He good. was a joy. Uh, Phoenix is He needs to get a mask that fits, delightful. though. He's messing with his mask constantly. Well, I would imagine also having the... Uh, uh, thing makes kind of it harder down. to breathe. Yeah, has it going all over the place too, Anya? Yeah. It it does suck that the Bucks didn't really get a chance to, you know, have that huge match. Yeah, because I'm sure they wanted to just absolutely tear the house down. Well, I I was reading that Marty's saying that the whole show had gone 14 minutes over, that their particular match went up one minute over, yeah. but by the time they got in the ring. They were already 14 minutes behind. I think when Marty's saying that, the, I know I've read that, that Marty said they only went one minute over. I call bullshit because if you go watch that match, you can see five minutes before the end, they're telling him, they're screaming at him to go home. You know, they're sending people down to ringside to tell him to go home. So him saying they only went one minute over, it's a flat out lie. Right. Also, it, it, Okada's just like, who are you? Do you know who I am? Well, who knows? Who knows what the communication was? Because Okada might defer to Marty in that circumstance and be like, uh, do you want to stop? No. Okay. 
<laughs> well, that's the thing, right? When you're in it and you're there, it's just like, no, nah, everybody's hot. Let's keep going. But you can see how one that first match took away some time, and then I'm sure Dick Druids went a little longer than anyone thought it was going to. There, there's stuff that just adds up over the course of five hours. Right. So, you but know, I what... still liked that final match. No, I it mean, was still great. It sucks you didn't get the usual ramp up you do in that style. Where you get kind of the feeling out phase, and then they really like throttle up, and it's just bonkers. They went to throttle up right from the beginning, so you're getting like the insane twisties and flippies over the just insanity. Phoenix so, is also fun. We saw him at uh, it was King of Trios a few years ago. He was Team AAA, and Chikara, uh, you're not supposed to swear. He uh, definitely threw up. <laughs> the uh, double birds and screamed like you could hear it on the street to one of his opponents. Fuck you. Apparently, Mike Quackenbush was very upset about that because the next day, because it's a three day tournament, he got on the mic before his match and was like, I'm very sorry. Well, good for Mike. I, my understanding, too, is if, if Mike pulls you, like he pulls your merch, too, you can't sell anything. Oh, Mike more. doesn't fuck around. Yeah, no, no don't break the rules. Um, and there you go. If if Dick Druids is not your thing, you, that that offends you, go watch Chikara. That is a family friendly environment. I I would say though that if uh, Dick Druids pissed you off and that that doesn't, it pulled away from the majesty. Then you're just a horrible human. Pro dude. wrestling, you're not gonna like Chikara. Well, that's true too. At all. There's ants. There's ants that wrestle there. Actual ants, Bob. Um. And but, the, uh, <laughs> what is it? The proletariat bore of Moldova. <laughs> All In was a really good show, though. It was. It was great. It really, really was. It's nice to see not a only... A show designed to make you happy. That, but just a showcase of there are alternatives out there. You should be watching them. And indies just aren't about great wrestling matches. There are storylines, too. Right, exactly. And, I mean, that's not to say that you can't pop in... You know, and get just great wrestling matches, but it's not, like you said, there are stories. You just need to, you know, maybe do a little research and follow into them or just jump in and you pick it up as you go. Well, and I think, I think that ends up being one of the, the, the game changing aspects of All In is if they can do this, you know, a couple times a year, uh, it does bring people in because I think there are a lot of people who they hear indie wrestling, they think backyard shows or small community centers, and they're kind of turned off by that. I don't understand why you'd be turned off by a small community center, though. Like, I've I've been in the crowd where it's only like five, ten people. Those shows are, it's fun, you know? I just think there's, you know, there's a negative... I mean, I'm sure there Stereotype is. I'm sure that there is, that. especially if all you're watching is WWE. They shit on that kind of shit constantly. But no, those fan bases are rabid, you mm -hmm. know. And you should just go, just go try it out. Just know that WWE isn't the only option. It isn't. No, it's not. Oh. I was confused. So, listeners, dear listeners, if if you are only watching WWE, perhaps you you did sample all in and you enjoyed it, I would highly recommend going out and seeking new things to watch. 
Alex doesn't think you should do this. I think you should do this. <laughs> yes, do not do this. So take a tip from me, Erica. Special guest. Special, Special guest. Special guest, sir. You won't be disappointed. Now, I'm sure Bob is ready to move on from wrestling, and I can see the pure terror in his eyes. I have one last wrestling thing. Every new match that gets announced for this Evolution show, I'm fucking convinced the goal is to have a terrible show. I love that you allowed yourself to get excited about this. Erica, when they announced, like, Mickey James, Lita, I'm like, come on. Lita could barely move when she was in that Royal Rumble match. Here's the thing. I, I can appreciate them wanting to honor the women who came before. Let's just put Sasha Banks in the Battle Royal. I mean, does she have an announced match? No. You know that's what's going to happen. It just doesn't make sense to me that the women who, you know, had those amazing matches in NXT and fought to really kind of, you know, get noticed and be, you know, just as good, if not better than the dudes... It's just like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, you're not going to be on the show. What are you talking about? Why would we have you on? We wouldn't give you. No one's here to see you. <laughs> they want to see the stars of the past. There's that rumor of Naomi against Melina. That's just going to be fucking terrible. Why would, why? Why would you do that? Why would you bring Melina back? Who's clamoring to see Melina? Who's clamoring to see Naomi do anything? I think there are people out there who are Naomi fans. Who? who? Fuck them. Okay, fail. Or folly. Excuse me. Um, Fuck them! I just... Well, and the really funny thing about it is it's like... Fuck them! <laughs> we're saying that, oh, women's wrestling, it's... There was the revolution, and now it's it's evolving. It's the evolution. We're just bringing back all the old people who were kind of part of the problem in the in the first place. Let's have Kelly Kelly have a match. Let's do like Kelly Kelly, Candice Michelle. I'm going to tell you right now, if Kelly Kelly is on that pay-per-view, I will not be watching it. Oh, you're watching it, Erica. You're fucking watching <laughs> Alex it. Alex is like, God We're it. watching it Content. together. We're being subjected to this bullshit. Bob's watching it too. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> it's, it's for the podcast, Bob. Yeah, I don't care. It's for the listener. It's for the people. Yeah, it's okay. I did it. I did it for the great one. Hey, Rikishi was great back in the day. He was. The fat guy Uh, who could move. I love that shit. The conspiracy theorist in me makes me think this whole show is being designed to make you think the women suck. Right? That's the whole show. I mean... If the main event is Ronda, Nikki, Bella, people are going to be mad. Yeah, probably. I mean, I will say Nikki had improved exponentially from okay, okay. where she okay. was. Did you see? Did I? I sent you the gifts. The right? Bella dives from the B- Brie Bella dives. Okay, yeah. Brie Bella Bob goes for two between the rope dives like Daniel Bryan does mm-hmm. on Raw. The first one to give her like some credit, I think Sarah Logan is supposed to like hit her as she's going for the dives so she just gets hung up on the rope you know and so Bree just like halfway goes for the dive hangs herself up on the ropes 
and Sarah Logan is nowhere to be found. So she just looks like a huge idiot. Yes. So I think that one was like shared stupidity mm-hmm. where Sarah Logan was out of position. The second one, I have no fucking idea what happened. They were both really bad. She just misses a dive. Like she can't get herself through the ropes. It was horrible. You know, well, it's like, don't, I mean, if you're not confident, you can make the dive. Don't do don't it. Don't do the dive. Don't because you're gonna hurt, you're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah, and you're gonna break your neck. And you have a you have an adorable little girl. Do not hurt it's yourself, not please. Because you have to do your husband's spots. It was so stupid. Well, the really unfortunate thing that is... match. Okay, that match, Nikki Bella Brie, Nikki Bella Brie Bella versus the Riot Squad. That match was 15 minutes. I don't need a 15-minute match between those four people. Well, it's almost like they're taking away the wrong lessons from it all, right? It's like, yes, you know, these folks have their place within the company, but I want a 15-minute match of good wrestling. Would be nice. Bob, you alerted me to a podcast that took place the other day, late at night. Joe Rogan and Elon Musk. I'm glad you're bringing that up. Did you Alex? watch it? Hell no, of course not. What? You brought it up to me. I know, but all I did was read the summary. I uh, appreciate Elon being like, oh, I'm cool. I'm not crying no more. I'm just sitting here smoking a J with Joe Rogan. <laughs> the little bit I saw, Elon Musk looked as socially awkward as I believed him to be. Joe Rogan was trying hard to carry these conversations, and he would ask him things, and Elon would just kind of just stare at him. Like, all these tech guys have no social skills at all. No. No, they do not. Elon Musk is... he. One of the things I, I heard Rogan said was, you, you got to know, like, there aren't many people like you in the world. There's something to that effect. And it's it's got to be... The, he is a strange, strange man. And, like, sometimes I'm like, Awesome rich guy doing weird shit i like space exploration i wish we were doing more of it at least someone's doing it but bob space force space force um sphinx uh, um <laughs> uh but then like he what one of the things that the tech the tech bros do that i it's so infuriating is they'll be they they'll sit there and, and cry in interviews to the New York Times, causing their stock to plummet. Yes, they'll sit there and they'll say, "Oh yeah, all these liberal ideals are so great, and you know I I stand behind unions and this that and the other." Not in my company, but not though. in my company. No, no, in my company we I, don't need a union. I treat my employees well. Fuck and, you, you know. Man. So it's Fuck like you. They're 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 all horrible. It's that techno libertarianism, where it's like, you know, there should be no rules to impede our innovation. My genius. But it's like no, there probably should be. <laughs> well, this is the the problem with you know any sort of oh there shouldn't be rules, let's deregulate shit. Any any of that crap, it's, you know, for every, every, you know, benevolent boss that there is mm-hmm. who con- is concerned about her workers and wants to make sure that their lives are, are good and, 
fulfilled and like you know a costco where it's like no we're gonna pay you a living wage you get health care we're gonna we're gonna treat you guys well for every one of those companies there are hundreds of companies who treat their employees like shit mm-hmm. and there- so that's why you need these rules in place because the the impulse of these places of these companies is to make as much money as possible off of the back of their workers well, and there, there's an interesting thing. Also, well done. Well done there. <laughs> there's an interesting thing when you talk about, like... <laughs> I meant that sincerely. How uh, how companies treat their employees and, like, how companies do business. And you get people out there who are generally fairly benevolent people and they do care about their employees. The problem is that... I think a lot of people realize once they start getting higher and higher in the ladder is, you know, if you, if you're, if you're night, you know, you can care about your employees all you want, but that guy over there, he doesn't give a shit. He'll work them to death and he's going to put you out of business because there's always somebody else willing to work harder. Well, this is why I'm saying there needs to be regulations. Exactly. That shit in That's place. the thing. It, right. Because businesses are going to work within the regulations that they are given. And they, it's, you know, sometimes. Uh, well, but when there aren't regulations at and all. rules in place, it's just the Wild West and they're going to do whatever the fuck they want and screw everybody there that they can. There are companies, you know, I hear, I've heard tons of horror stories of, you know, salary employees at Amazon working insane hours there's a reason the term amazon widow exists like you know yeah those people will make fuck tons of money but you don't get to spend it on anything because you're always at work yeah and you know what but and there's no there's not an option there's not an option to work at amazon make less money and have a normal life that it's they're like no we don't want to we don't want two people we want one that's going to work themselves to death well, and that's the other problem, is it's we're only going to hire a very limited amount of people, work them to a point of wanting to kill themselves and burn out and all that shit, where it's like, well, you could create, you could have multiple jobs here. We kind of digressed. We were talking about ridiculous Elon Musk, and then we oh, went... Oh, talking about talk uh, we went, <laughs> No, I think it all ties in, because <laughs> Tesla... Because he does the same right. thing. Right. Yeah, you Tesla know? wants to break their unions and not have unions and everything. Yeah, and it's... You know, I, I think about a lot when when I think, you know, what where where's society going? What are we? What's the what the toilet? Yes, <laughs> but what you know what 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 is the purpose of technology? The purpose of technology is supposed to make our life easier. That was always the promise, right? That technology would do things for us that we so we didn't have to do it. The goal should not be to make humans uh, productive for eight hours a day, it should be to to make humans be able to do their eight-hour work, what they would do in eight hours, in three hours. But that doesn't mean they can't get paid for a full day of work. You know, I I was seeing something interesting. One of the theories they're talking about is you could end unemployment in the world if you went to 19 hour weeks mm-hmm. very quickly and you could, you know, any, any problems you have with 
uh, you know, people not wanting to learn new skills, anything like it. It would solve so many things. Well, no, but then you still have to pay people what you're paying for 40 hours. Right. And no one is willing to do that. Well, the other thing is, you mentioned people not wanting to be retrained, which is something that annoys the shit out of me. And this is a digression I'm going to make. Is if you are a coal miner, and there are no more coals to mine, mines to coal. And The coal mine? Working in the coal mine. And the only way you for, can't form sentences. for you to feed your family is to retrain and get a new job. And you're like, I'm a coal miner. I don't want new training. You can go fuck yourself. It, it, it does it does make me think of, you know, I, I very much believe in giving everyone the same opportunity and uh, starting everyone off on the same level. But if you start off on the same level and you make really dumb choices, you know, it's not up to me to carry you anymore. No. And, yeah, it it's hard to change industries. Oh, but no, that sucks. It's a shitty, shitty thing, but... And there's some pain with it, too. But if it's the opportunity for you to feed your family... But that's life. ...is you need to go and you need to learn a new skill, then you need to go and learn a new skill. Not sit there and pout because coal mines. I wanted to be anymore. a photographer. I was trying to be an architect. Jerry. That was that was what I wanted to do professionally. And you know what? It just I came out of college at a time when professional photographers were being put off to the sidelines because they could get they could get they can get picture news pictures from people with cell phones, or they give a camera to a reporter and just say take a million pictures. Because we have digital cameras now, one of them will be good. It, it just wasn't a tenable place for me. It was really only for the top of the top. And I wasn't there. So you know what? I had to go do something else. And I learned something else. And I got good at it. And now I'm doing well in that field. It's not what I intended to do. You need to be flexible. Yeah. If you're not flexible, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Go fuck yourself. Basically. And, but that was another tangent. Sorry, that was an aside. I apologize. You know, I, I saw an opportunity to go tell some a group of people to, to go straight themselves. to hell. Yeah, and I didn't want to miss that opportunity. You know who we should tell to go fuck himself? Oh, I have a list of people: Elon Musk <laughs> and Jeff Bezos, and whoever wrote and Tim Cook. that uh, New York Times op-ed. But we can talk about that in a little while. Um. It was, fu- you know, it was funny. You guys were talking about unions. Have you been following this shit going on with the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell? No. Okay. This is the perfect example of a bunch of fucking idiots who are never going to get their money because they just don't get it. So lay out the situation for us, Alex. You know, I heard the, about the, the the Steelers have had Le'Veon Bell. They had him on that four-year rookie deal, where you know, in the NFL, if you're a rookie, you just don't make shit anymore. Whereas before, he used to make all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. And then they had him franchise tagged last year, which, of course, everyone knows the franchise tag is bullshit. Could you, ex- if there is someone out there who doesn't know what the franchise well, tag I- is? If you're, a, if you're a great player, if you're in the prime of your career, and Le'Veon Bell is arguably the best running back in the whole league, you're, never, you're not going to get paid your worth because instead of getting paid, say, five years 90 million dollars guaranteed you're gonna make 14 million for one year 
and you could get injured. Well, I was just going to say, does the NFL guarantee money? I thought for the most part they don't. No. they Well, they don't guarantee money, but there's like – it's guaranteed in the sense of if you are on the team. But if you get injured you, or something, you're kind of fucked, aren't you? Well, no. The, the, in that sense, you're still getting – it depends on the contract, but like – you might get a signing bonus. And you if, might get like a $30 million signing bonus. And it's it's pretty well known that of the major sports, NFL contracts are the most owner-friendly. No, no, I know that. Yeah. But but anyway. Well, so my point is, you know, they franchise tagged him last year, and I think they were going to – they're trying – they want to franchise tag him again how, for this how year. How the you, fuck is the franchise tag even allowed? I thought because you couldn't do that to you. players are idiots. I think two years is it. Oh, okay. And so I think after this year, he would be a free agent. Because once you do that, don't they have to become a free agent after I, a franchise tagging? I'm not sure exactly how it's laid out, but I yeah, think I don't after two years. really it follow football because it just, yeah. <laughs> so they're trying to franchise. They want him to sign another franchise tag for this year. And what happened is... He's not reporting until probably like today or tomorrow. Or no, today I think is probably, you know, I could probably look up an article and find out he's tagged right now. Because as long as he signs by like today, he'll still get paid for week one. Mm -hmm. And then he won't have to play week one because he's just showing up today, you know. So I think he's just trying to extend his body out for as long as possible while still being paid because they're trying to fuck him and they don't want to sign him to a long-term deal and everything because running backs tend to peter out sooner than anybody because they're getting hit 400 right. times a year. Um, so what my point on this all was is all this is happening and it's the old thing where, you know, the owners are trying to fuck the player and give him as little money as possible but for as much work as possible. And so he's trying to get his get assigned to a contract, get paid. The other players on the Steelers are trash-talking him to the media. And it's two of the offensive linemen talking about how, you know, you need to be here with the team and all this shit and we support you and blah, 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 all this crap. Guess what? These are two of the three player reps to the union for the Steelers. These people are fucking idiots. They really are. No one understands, like... This is why the NFL players get crushed in negotiations every single time they come around. They don't understand the concept of you're supposed to be showing a united front, especially if you're the fucking reps, man. Come on. Yep. And this is precedent-setting, right? Like, no, you guys' bodies are, like decimated on a weekly basis. Yeah. He should try to get as much money as he can. Good for him. Because this isn't a, a viable long-term career. What do you got as a as a running back? Uh, Maybe like six or seven prime years before your body breaks down. Okay, you want to make sure that you have enough money for your family. You know, get what you can while the getting's good. Mm -hmm. And the owners make... So much fucking money, like stupid amounts of money. Mm -hmm. These rich fucking white assholes have so much fucking money. Yeah, pay the dude what he's worth. Then these are also the assholes who are like, you know, oh, well, you know. Doesn't Colin, Roger Colin, Goodell make something like $50 million a year? 
It's not that much, but it's a lot. It's a stupid amount of money. It's a lot of money for what I perceive as not a lot to of To be work. bad at your job, yeah. I, I don't know. It, you know, I I get conceptually when you're when you're in negotiations, you're you know, you're pitting each other you're pitted against each other. No, but no one's supposed to get everything. But the players, the, especially if you're reps for the fucking union, you should not be trashing your guy to the press. All that is doing is showing that you guys are not united and that there's a weak point there. Yeah, we've manipulated you idiots. Right. It's like the challenge. Bob, how many seasons of the challenge have you watched in the last 10 minutes? <laughs> uh, 15. <laughs> but this is also the league, though, that, well, we can't, it, I mean, we could talk about the kneeling during the anthem thing if you want. Um, can we talk about idiots burning their Nikes while they were wearing them? Because Nike has Colin Kaepernick in an ad now. And I find that humorous. But my, my best, the best take I saw of it on Twitter was somebody was like, the fact that you fucking dumbasses are burning these shoes that you don't want anymore instead of donating them to homeless veterans just says all that we need to know. <laughs> yeah, I you know what is what is there to even say about the Colin Kaepernick thing? The the NFL from the standpoint of if you wanted it to stop has mishandled this to such an unbelievable degree. I don't even know where to start. I'm of the opinion if this shit's really bothering you, if it's so terrible, just ignore it, because if they would have ignored the Colin Kaepernick kneeling, it probably would have stopped right there, but they antagonized him, so they antagonized the other players, so then the other players start kneeling, and then they antagonize them, so more players start kneeling, and then the white guy, who's the, fu- the stupid white guy who's the president, starts antagonizing them, so more people kneel, and it's like, all of this would have stopped if you would have just left it alone. I guarantee people would have forgot about this within... How fast do people forget about things now? Two days? If that... <laughs> so, well, here, it would have been over. Here's here's my take on Colin Kaepernick. Um, if after the first time he did it, the, the team had done... The 49ers had gone up to him and said, You're on the clock. You either stand or you're fined. No, there, see, that's the you would have right there. You would have antagonized him, and then all the other players would have rallied around him. No, you wouldn't. I I think that would have because I disagree. I I think he would have gladly paid the fine and kept doing it. Or no, or you put him in the locker room, or you do something. You punish him in a in a, an appropriate way. I don't think you punish him at all. He's just. I, I think you made such a huge deal about it. That it became well, a big thing, they, and now you're actively like, no, they he straight spoke up, up fucked it up. He spoke up. He's trying to antagonize. Yeah, he doesn't get a job anymore. Okay, they they completely fucked it up. It. I think there is a way they could have punished him up front and said, no, you're on the clock. I think if you punished him at all, you would have made a. You still would have become a thing. I don't think it would have blown up as much as it I did. completely disagree. But, you know, you're at work. You got to do what your boss says. What really annoys me about the whole thing is that he... Because it's not a First Amendment issue. This is this is the thing that bothers me. It's not a First Amendment issue. This is, the, this is not the government telling you you can't do something. No, no, no. I understand that. I think it's just an optics thing. Oh, no. The NFL is 100% in the wrong here. 
Absolutely. They they fucked this up. What really annoys me, though, is that no one talks... Well, people do talk about it, but the idiots on the other side ignore this, that Kaepernick spoke with someone, mm-hmm. I believe it was a veteran, and mm-hmm. the veteran said, don't sit, be better if you knelt. Yep. And so that's what he started doing. Now, it, it, there's so... You know, I've heard people make the argument that you know, I think he could be protesting in a more respectful way or this, that, and the well, other. Well, here's the thing about that, and I'm sure you're going to say this. The other side is always going to bitch about the way that you protest. Mm-hmm. There's no good way to protest. No, Because you could do not. it. They bitched about the pacifist protests Martin Luther King used to do. Yep. Any you kind of... Trump saying protesting should be illegal. Fuck Trump. We just don't. We just ignore him. Because <laughs> he's, he's just a idiot. fucking... He's unraveling. He's a moron. And everyone around him thinks so, too. So it's like, even though they all denied that they said all the shit that Woodward got the interviews for. But I guess we can talk about that another time. But, um, no, the other side is always going to say that any sort of protest is bad. It's the point of a protest. Exactly. It's to make you uncomfortable. It's to make you think about it. And that's what I would always tell people who were like, well, I really don't like this this kneeling during the anthem. You're talking about it, dude. It's bringing attention okay. to the fact okay. that... Okay, then let's talk about why he's doing it and and what needs to change for him to stop if it makes you that uncomfortable. Right. Exactly. Let's have a conversation about it. But you well, don't want to talk about that. You just want to... T- they just want to talk... Well, not you specifically, but... Oh, no, th- Bob. I fully believe that police officers should just be allowed to indiscriminately kill black men on the street. You know... It, Blue it, lives it, matter, Bob. It's just... It, if you... You know, it's, it's just... That face you, was amazing, ugh. Alex. No, see, the problem with everything is no one wants to have a conversation about stuff. Everybody just wants to be on their side with their tribe, be it WWE... Be it the NFL, be it protesting, be it, you know. The only time people want to have a conversation is when the other side is someone so fucking far out there, like a fucking Nazi. Oh, now we need to have a conversation with him. Oh, no. Well, yeah. Yeah. You got to go on your Cletus safari and talk to uh, the the folks in deep Trump country about uh, their economic anxiety. Or you got to have Alex Jones on your podcast. Or, you know, stuff like that. It's like, those are the... No, no. There's a difference between having a dialogue with the opposing side and giving a platform to crazy people. And racist, horrible white supremacists. Yes. We went to war to kill Nazis. Hillary Clinton's a goddamn demon! Yeah, but shouldn't she have a right to what say what she wants to say? Reptiles have invaded the government... We're coming up against a time constraint. Erica, thanks for being here. No, Bob, real quick, real quick, real here. quick, real quick. I just want to throw it out there. If you did not see the video of Alex Jones accosting Marco Rubio, do yourself a favor. Have a little treat. Go watch it. I sent Bob the 10-minute video of the greatest 10 minutes of the Joe Rogan podcast ever where uh, Alex Jones talks about the aliens oh and the reptiles invading the, <laughs> invading the government and everything. It'd be hilarious if people didn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great performance. We're out of time. We gotta go.
This has been a Puma Knife production. <laughs>